This podcast is brought to you by Platform Equinix. Platform Equinix provides government agencies with the global ability to digitally transform by deploying new command and control capabilities through private interconnection to mission partners, network, cloud, and other digital service providers. Learn more about Platform Equinix at www.equinix.com LP government hyphen solutions. Hello from sunny California. I'm Ross John Fortunity, Managing Editor of GovCIO Media and Research, recording from FCO West 2024 here in San Diego. Leaders are discussing the future of defense technology information and, of course, the global threat landscape. Joining me now is Justin Finelli, Acting Navy CTO and PEO Digital Technical Director. Welcome. Thank you. So one of the biggest challenges that you are facing when it comes to securing these huge amounts of data being produced and used while also making it more accessible. Right. Uh, so this is the uh, the yin and the yang, right? Um, <clears throat> perfectly secure means not accessible, uh, and perfectly sec- accessible likely means not secure. Uh, so uh, the good news story here is that we have so many great partners rowing in the same direction. People get it. Um, DOD CIO stood up the Zero Trust Portfolio Management Office, they gave us common definitions for how we're thinking about zero trust. And uh, not only have they uh, documented that, but uh, they've learned by doing with us. And so that partnership has been really strong in terms of us proving it, iterating it. That's agile in action for how we define this and how we raise the ceiling on the outcomes that we can achieve through more secure sharing. Uh, this includes uh, across the Navy and Department of Navy. This also includes with uh, partners and allies. So uh, the, the interesting story here in my mind is um, each of these challenges are fairly common. We find the same few root causes different places. And when we knock it down one place and prove that out with either a technical or uh, overarching uh, solution, uh, we can crack that nut and share that. And I can talk about how we're doing that in a little bit more detail. Yeah, please do. What, how, how are you doing that? Okay. Um, so uh, we've uh, moved to, uh, and kind of after piloting this for a year or so, across the different program executive offices where programs of record and systems of record and services of record reside, we've said, hey, how do we share lessons learned? We have a tactical PEO, C4I. We have a um, enterprise services uh, PEO, uh, digital. Uh, we have an application and, uh, and software development, uh, manpower, logistics, um, and business PEO, uh, and then uh, IWS. So a number of PEOs who are taking on uh, information technology challenges daily. We have broken down the walls and opened the channels of communication to say if one person has a technical challenge or if one organization or sub-organization has a technical challenge and they crack the nut on that, whether it's through a pilot or through uh, a, a, a hero or a small um, a cross-functional team solving something, that's something that we are sharing out to others. And so the leveraging of other people's solutions and in some cases, uh, other people's tough lessons learned, that's propagating much faster than it used to. And so we have partners like um, uh, the Fleet Cyber and uh, and the um, NC Doc folks who are 
uh, looking across the board, across the horizon, sharing those things. The speed of our turn, the uh, the adaptability and uh, change in our posture after we learn something, that cycle time dropped from uh, days and months uh, to hours and minutes in a lot of cases. Well, to sort of expand on, on partnerships, the thing that, that you talked about, certainly partnerships within uh, the services within the Department of Defense, how does that sort of factor in industry partnerships and, and things like that? Yeah, I love that. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, sometimes uh, people think, at least from the outside, that uh, the Navy and uh, DOD in general uh, is a tough nut to crack um, and, uh, and that we are um, partial to... Uh, incumbents and uh, only like a handful of primes, right? And so we're all aware of the Last Supper and uh, and the consolidation of primes. We know that uh, there's so much that's um, happening within the dual-use space and uh, the advantage of making use of COTS innovations that move faster than the requirements process, that move faster than uh, any sort of uh, waterfall systems engineering, that's there. And so we've decided to embrace that with primes and small businesses and everything in between. And so one of the ways that we've done that recently is by leveling the playing field and saying outcome-driven metrics are how we're going to prioritize our investments. And so we're doing this from a uh, forecasting perspective uh, to say uh, when we meet with companies, we met with 25 yesterday and it'll probably be something like that uh, every day. We met with 350 last year. And so whether they're a five-person company or a 10,000-person company, we're saying, how do you move the needle for the warfighter? We understand your technology. How does it fit into what we are both doing today and want to do? And how does that shift the way that we do our uh, execution? Uh, not everyone... Uh, has an easy time navigating that defense uh, enterprise and that ecosystem. And so we've broken down some walls there by putting out, uh, so we partnered with USDRD, so Heidi Shoes team, on uh, a new website called defensemarket.org. That's navigating the defense system. Let's simplify this for new entrants. Uh, we have a lean business case and world-class alignment metrics, outcome-driven metrics approach to say, uh, how do you make a difference in two pages or less? Let's tailor that pitch. And then I'm holding with me right now the industry engagement book that we just put off, uh, printed off, hot off the presses, uh, that says, uh, here's how we think about the world. How can you help us and how can we help you and how can we partner? And so we've simplified that. We know that complexity kills and uh, simplicity scales. And so we have broken down that. That has resulted in... Uh, going from one pilot in FY22 to 25 pilots, over 10 of which have transitioned in FY23 and growing in 24. And that's just for PEO Digital. Uh, I just met with PEO C4I. I talked to MLB on a regular basis. IWS is surging with us. This is a new story as it relates to innovation adoption and how we make this easier for partners to show that they're making a difference for the military. Does it, you know, how do you scale this out to make it so defense department wide? How do you make it so, so everyone can have this simple, scalable uh, sort of system? I, I love that question. Um, so <clears throat> number one, 
the Atlantic Council just put out an, uh, the Innovation Adoption Report. We helped with that. They featured uh, in four of their ten, I think, no, four of their eight vignettes, success stories that uh, our, our partners and our, our teams uh, have completed. Uh, we want that to get out into the world. That was uh, uh, sponsored and co-authored by uh, the former Secretary of Defense, former Secretary of the Air Force, and some other just real thought leaders for, for decades and decades. That's number one. Number two is we created an innovation adoption kit for PEOs to uh, across the board. And so we've shared this with the Army, we've shared it with Air Force, we shared it with DOD to say, hey, these are cheat codes for common problems within acquisitions that we can break into program offices and portfolios with what's new, what, what lowers operational risk as opposed to prioritizing acquisition risk over operational risk. So how do you crack that nut? Well, there are 14 separate nuts likely more than that, but 14 separate nuts that we broke down the valleys of death into, and we have a answer for each of those, and we've shown the results in the last 18 months and willing to share that with anybody. Well, you mentioned the valley of death. Do you find that now where you're having this? Is this a sort of a solution to that particularly, or are you um, concerned about it going forward when it comes to uh, partnerships, acquisitions, that kind of stuff? Uh, <clears throat> so a uh, valley... Uh, it, the mental, the visual I have there is uh, someone is trying to either jump over that or fly or hope. Build a bridge, uh, I've heard the, the, the innovation board say. It, it, sure. It, right. Uh, so the uh, bridges are tough. They're like pyramids. They take a really long time, especially, right? And so uh, uh, what, what I think we've tried to do, and including the Defense Innovation Board, um, just met with a couple of those members recently, uh, we're, we're trying to fill it with water uh, and say, hey, these are the tools that can help you get across. You still have to be able to swim, right? Sinking is still an option. Not every good idea or every S&T project should make it to the end. But we now have oars, a couple rafts, we're building a canoe. And so if you can make it across, that is a measure of that grit. But you shouldn't have to reinvent it every time. So we're letting people either, uh, you, you can take your mixed metaphor, start on second or third base, uh, or start with the tools to get across, but not everyone should have to figure out the same exact thing. And so the three products we have there are that innovation adoption kit, uh, this industry engagement uh, that talks about one specific PEO, but I think it's uh, it's easy to kind of leverage there. And then the defensemarket.org to show here's how we're doing this. We're going to collect some success stories. We have some outside organizations and nonprofits helping to collect success stories to say, here are winners who are making it across because of merit. This is sort of adjacent, but sort of not. Because we're talking so much about collaborative work and partnerships and things like that, you're in a lot of meetings. You find a lot of common pain points in these places? Yep. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> so it's pretty, uh, I'd say the, the problem space is uh, pretty typical Pareto, right? Uh, so uh, we have... Uh, the fringe things, and then we have the most common 20%, uh, and uh, we're seeing those as very common. There's nuances. We're writing those down, but what we'll often do is if it's a problem-solution match, uh, then we'll say, hey, here are our data-driven results. Let's apply those. One of the things that is validating that um, is that we are writing down the actuals. Um, so uh, for any type of problem, we're saying, okay, you're – uh, describing this qualitatively, and that's helpful. But what are the quantitative 
days uh, for this process. And so an example of that would be from an adaptability perspective. We knew that changing one of our networks took six months previously because we had to mod the contract or we had to write a new um, statement of work. Now, as we've implemented faster tools, uh, when we did the B1 upgrade, um, when we started buying uh, Starlink and other terminals, uh, the time to make a change is, uh, in some cases, weeks, in some cases, minutes. We can actually show uh, this has improved by 95%. For boot up time, we went in and said, hey, uh, everyone has a computer, boot up time is slow, we know this is dragging. Uh, we went from a, uh, a very high number average, um, and we improved that by 87% by focusing on a particular problem. We said, here are the steps for this particular problem. How would you apply those? How would you scale those out? That was a uh, what we call uh, an issue under the Fix My Computer theme. Uh, we operated similarly under the Last Mile theme. Uh, we're doing similar with uh, the Ruthless Automation theme and others. And so that kind of blueprint and, uh, and matching problems to solutions, it's still more art than science, but now we have those documented and we have both the baseline and external benchmarks where they're applicable. And we can say, is this good enough? We want to be world-class and we have great partners who are helping us in some cases be even better than what you'd expect in industry because uh, we're, we're simplifying the way that we roll out. With all these metrics and stuff, how are you keeping it to the best metrics? I know this is something that in, in my line of work, there's analyzed, analyzed, and statistics. Right. How do you get the metrics that are most applicable for all these programs to say this is effective, this isn't effective, et cetera? You, uh, I, I couldn't be happier uh, with that question. I didn't see these before, but um, to this point, uh, I actually teach on this. And, uh, and so, like, the way that I break it down is uh, there are KPIs, KPPs. Uh, they're uh, reliable. Uh, they're, they, they came out of um, the, the industrial, 120 years old. Uh, we know how they factor into uh, trailing and lagging. Uh, there's OKRs, uh, younger, about 20 years old, out of Silicon Valley. that says objectives, key results. Here's how we take something big and create it or transform it. Um, both of those are, um, well, uh, certainly OKRs are, like, fairly dynamic. Uh, KPIs you can pick and choose, right? Uh, what we're using now is outcome-driven metrics, and this is a uh, a tiered system to say, um, now that we're instrumenting, now that we're measuring the baseline or the under-the-hood activities, what is most important to the mission? We choose that top-down, and we said this is something that won't change. Operational resilience is going to be important forever. How we measure that is based on uh, a mission outcome-driven metric that tells us here is what is impeding progress. We want to make that go away. And when it does, like boot time, for instance, when that has been driven down to world class, then we can pull something else up that is um, not good. And so uh, I was talking to uh, Gene Kim, who wrote um, Phoenix Project recently, and uh, and um, Steve Spear, uh, who wrote the most recent one with him, um, what is that? Uh, Wiring for Winning Organization. And they said, um, <clears throat> great companies have this in common. They always look for the suck. 
And so this is a metric system that allows us to always look for the suck, improve it, and then find something else. And this gives us that continuous improvement. It's how we're doing the get real, get better within my offices. As far as you've talked about how quickly you can do that, how do you find the suck? And do, is that is that also part of the rapidly changing sort of way that you're problem solving? Yeah. So it's almost like looking at the uh, economy. There are some things that uh, change all the time and there are some things that uh, don't change very much, right? Uh, there's, there's like kind of human nature constants. Uh, in, in this way, uh, by having a framework, it really um, stabilizes how you think about this, right? Here's, we're putting in a lot of activity and energy, but the needle's not moving. That means that we're doing something wrong. We put in a little bit of energy, or we did two things. We expected one to be high impact and another one to be low impact. And actually, we had it backwards. Still a good news story. And so it's literally we're measuring based on the impact that projects, pilots, and people are having, as opposed to all of the activities and calories that go into that. And when something moves, we take it down, and when something gets worse, or when we infer that there's an issue, we look at that through this framework, but uh, it's that's the same every time. So we get really good at that based on reps. I, we're, I, I'm excited about the progress, but we're 16 months in. I, I think that with more reps, we can be absolutely outstanding at this. Uh, Nikea Scruggs is uh, the person that we have running um, our uh, world-class alignment metrics now, and she has an awesome team of data scientists that is something that um, we had talked about for a long time. Now that she's doing that and pulling better people in and they have more familiarity, this is just reps at the gym. They're getting in and they're, they're making us get into better shape than we've ever been in before. Yeah, that's a, a wonderful metaphor. And, and we'll end on that. So thanks so much, Justin, for doing this. Thank you. GovCast, along with HealthCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. To explore our content, visit our website, govciomedia.com. Keep an eye out for new episodes every Tuesday. And if you like what you heard, leave us a review on the podcast platform of your choice. Have a topic you want us to discuss? Contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.